Welcome to episode six of the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. For those of our listeners out there who follow industry consensus standards, you know that earlier this year, the ISO 45001 standard for occupational health and safety management systems requirements was adopted, representing a major milestone for occupational safety and health and safety management systems. Here with me today to discuss ISO 45001 is Mr. Vic Toy. Vic is principal at Insist OHS in San Mateo, California. He is a certified safety professional and certified industrial hygienist. He was also chair of the U.S. Technical Advisory Group on ISO 45001. Vic, welcome. Thank you for so much for being here. Well, great. Thanks, Scott. It's a pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me. Glad you could be here. So as I mentioned at the top, ISO 45001 was published back in March, and it was big news all around the globe. For those listeners who may not be as familiar with it, let's start with what ISO 45001 is and why its adoption was such an important moment for the occupational safety and health community. Oh, yeah, sure. And, you know, it's pretty exciting. After four and a half years of development, there's no doubt that everyone's excited to see the release of this standard that came out in March of earlier this year in 2019, or 2018, more a year ahead of myself. <laughs> well, it's actually been a longer time than that since ISO first proposed a standard back in the mid-90s. And you know, a lot has happened in the world of work. We've seen that we're totally globally interconnected. And uh, you know, some of the things that have happened is that there's been a release of other OHS management system standards out there, including our own ANSI Z10. Now that said, we finally have a global consensus standard with over 70 countries participating and additional liaison organizations that were involved in its development. Now, the real exciting thing about this is with the ISO label, 45001 is sure to capture, you know, a market as well as a consumer presence for safety as we continue to look for improvement in OHS performance in the workplace. So already we're seeing lots of interest in the ASSP uh, events that we've had, including the uh, certification program or the certificate program, I should say, of 45001, and also our forums at the Safety PDC Conference, which have always been really popular. Right. Now, I know this document was a long time coming, and there was a lot that went into it and so many groups at the table. Talk a little bit about the development of the document and more specifically the role of the, the uh, technical advisory group and yourself as its chair. Sure, no, absolutely. So, you know, as we discussed uh, a little bit earlier, there's been a lot of players in the development of this ISO standard, but the number of contributors are actually much larger than the sheer number of countries and liaisons. You know, we mentioned over 70 of those. Um, each country actually has the ability to create what's known as a mirror committee, which is, you know, it's really a great term because those committees reflect the country's point of view and perspective and what's needed in an effective OHS management system. And in the U.S., that mirror committee is actually called a Technical Advisory Group, or TAG, and, and it's done on the auspices of the American National Standards Institute, ANSI. Uh, and ANSI serves as the member for the U.S. to ISO. Um, ASSP serves as the administrator for the TAG with Tim Fisher, uh, which you know I'm sure many know as ASSP Director of Standards and Practices, as our point person. The TAG uh, that I preside as chair and have the privilege to do so consists of over 75 member organizations representing diverse interests, including industry and labor, government, consultants, academia, and others as well. Um, as I mentioned, I serve as chair, but uh, as many of your um, listeners familiar with this name, Kathy Seabrook, she serves as a vice chair. And of course, Kathy has been one of the past presidents of ASSP. Now, Kathy and I, along with a few other experts, travel around the world and represent the U.S. Uh, with the input and direction from the TAG. Okay. And we contribute to the development of the ISO standards. We bring our, our points of views of what we believe should be um, included in an effective OHS management system. Um, our own um, ANSI ASSP Z10 
OHSMS standard serves as a basis for many of those positions. I should mention that, you know, we all have common objectives for improving health and safety in the workplace. And you can just imagine that the opinions, especially globally, um, are based on their experience or cultures or backgrounds. And sure. It's pretty, pretty typical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is even true for our own tech. You know, depending if you come from a small employer, large employer, or government, or, uh, or maybe you have a labor orientation that all comes out to create a lot of great input that takes a while, and it's probably one of the reasons why it's taken five years to develop this standard. And we take all of that different input from countries and you know their people and their professional to do the standard in a right way. Now for mm-hmm. us, especially as it works in the interest of the U.S. organizations, uh, but also where it might have an impact on suppliers and clients <coughs> that we work with globally. So it really is important to have that diversity of opinion as you're putting these technical advisory groups together to get different different perspectives on all the things that need to be included in the standard? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, as um, staunch uh, health safety professionals, we always believe that we've got the best idea. Uh, you know, it's based on our own experiences, and in a lot of cases, yeah, that's true. But it's really interesting. It's been fascinating. And, and one of the things I really enjoyed is learning about how other people think about managing risk and safety mm-hmm. in the workplace. Absolutely. And you got to respect from where they come from because some of the infrastructures are a lot different. And mm-hmm. what, what we do here in the U.S. or in more countries with mature management systems eh, works a little bit different for some of the other countries that maybe are struggling with regulations. For okay, instance. okay. Now, I know we have listeners out there in a lot of different fields and industries all around the globe who may be asking themselves, how do I know if ISO 45001 is right for me? When should I implement it? What advice would you give those who may be on the fence or interested in learning more about the standard as to whether they should implement it at their facility and when is the right time to do that? Yeah, another excellent question. (laughs) Tough one, too, because there there are over the, you know, in the course of the last uh, almost two decades, there, there's been development of over 40 OHSMS standards wow, out there. Okay. A lot of them are country-specific. Okay, I see. Uh, a lot of them are tied to 18001, which is, which is uh, a standard that came out of um, uh, really Great Britain. It's the OSAS 18001. Uh, and countries have taken that standard and actually evolved into their own standards. So there's a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. You know, is this the right one for me? I'm a multinational corporation or... I have suppliers around the world, and mm-hmm. they use different standards. How does this all kind of work together? Well, I like to start with a question that says, can we do a better job of managing health and safety? Sure. I think that's the basis, and I think the answer is fairly obvious, right? I mean, that's, that's why we're in this business. Sure, right. Yeah. So I say this a little bit facetiously because I think we in the health and safety profession are really a restless bunch, meaning that we're <laughs> always searching for ways to reduce risk and improve performance. Mm-hmm. We're never satisfied, Right. That's why we're in this business of risk management. And that's why we attend sessions like this podcast and conferences such as the ASSP PDC. So, you know, it's just in our genetic makeup. We have this insatiable desire for continual <laughs> improvement. And, you know, that's the basis of 45001, recognizing that we're always searching for continual improvement in a very interconnected way with involvement from everyone in the organization because everybody has a role in safety in the workplace. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. So still, you raise a great question. Mm-hmm. So. How do I know if 45,001 is right? Well, you know, start with a search uh, of that answer. I think it relies in seeking external input. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and that's what your listeners are doing. They're listening to us Mm -hmm. with this dialogue and and seeing if anything really resonates with them. So I say these podcasts and other 45,001 information sessions present a good way to start. See if 
that information kind of reflects things that you're doing, the challenges that you're facing, and how 45001 or any other management system, for that matter, can help in some mm-hmm. of the solutions and challenges. That how it fits face. in with your particular organization. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's absolutely true. So unfortunately, because of time, we don't have enough bandwidth to cover all of the different requirements of 45,001. But I do want to say that ASSP has a great website. You know, just go and Google ASSP and 45,001. It'll take you to a site that is specific on 45,001. And on there, there's a lot of training and information sessions that will give you a little bit more information or you might even want to attend one of the panel discussions on the pdc sure right that's always a great Mm -hmm. resource as well but the other thing is and a lot of your listeners are are probably doing this with other aspects of managing a health and safety program is you know benchmark with others right see See how you measure up absolutely (laughs) see what other organizations are doing you know don't reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. sometimes they have some great ideas they'll speak to you what they feel they think about management systems in general um, and in doing so, also don't forget about your own organization. Uh, all organizations have management systems in the way in which they do things to ensure that they align their people, places, and things in order to meet the organization's objectives. So start with seeing what you have currently in your organization. And you might find you already have one for OH, uh, OHS, mm-hmm. uh, or you might find that you have some of the more common ones, quality or environmental. And you, know, you should know this. So if you... Your organization is already has uh, ISO 9000 or 14001 quality environment, mm-hmm. right. and they're compliant with the 2015 version, which people probably are about now. Uh, then you know that you're about halfway into it because ISO 45001 shares half the same requirements. Okay. So great place sure. to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Talk to your colleagues because they've already done a lot of the, the work for you to kind of just make way. Mm-hmm. what you can do with OHS. You, you touched on this a little bit. For those who decide that they want to implement it, where is the best place to start? What initial steps do they need to take to implement the standard effectively? Uh, another great question. So, you know, typically what people do, whenever they get a standard regulation, they start reading it and they maybe start thinking about the implementation, beginning with the first clause, right? And in this standard, there are 10 clauses, and really the requirements start to come in in clause four. Okay. Um, there's something known as context of the organization, understanding what your organization is all about. Now, that's certainly one approach, but what I like to advise folks is to identify the challenges or opportunities you have in adopting a management system approach. That is, start with asking yourself why you or your organization is looking at 45001 or a management system uh, for OHS. Seek input from your leadership as well as your workers. Um, in actually making the termination in question. Now, in the introduction to uh, clause of the 45,001 requirements clause, there are 11 success factors for an OHS announcement. Okay. I think it's great. So take these success factors, modify them. So they have to do with leadership and planning and resources, performance evaluation, our management views, and continuous improvement. Take a look at these success factors and really survey. Um, okay. Ask your leadership. Ask your uh, team Mm -hmm. and ask your workers to actually do that. Get that input. And what you find may be something completely different than what you imagine. Because as a health and safety professional, we're oriented towards thinking about things in a certain way. But you might find your leaderships are thinking about something different Mm -hmm. in terms of where they think the performance really is or where the opportunities are. And 
so will your workers. Your workers mm -hmm. will be thinking about something as well. So take a look at that. And the results, again, it may just surprise you where the biggest opportunities are. Now, if you have a short runway, you know, you might want to pick a 45,001 and follow it, you know, from clause 1 to clause 10 and implement it that way. But if you have a bigger bandwidth or of time, mm -hmm. I'd really recommend you focus on what's the greatest opportunities first. Okay. That's what continuous improvement is, sure, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and taking that opportunity to engage with those stakeholders, as you mentioned, uh, both the management and the workers, that can really help get everybody on the same page about what your goals are going to be moving forward. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. whether or not those opportunities happen to be in, you know, we don't seem to plan very well. We seem to be going in a different direction than the organization a lot of times because they have their own plans. Uh, or it may be that, you know, uh, we have – worker participation, but they're really not engaged in our system. Mm -hmm. And as you prioritize all these different elements you find in management system, you might find that, you know, where I really need to focus on first is on getting workers engaged in the system. How do they help us design this system mm -hmm. so that it's going to work for them, right? We're right. not just not telling them how to do things. Yeah. They're actually buying into the entire system. So right. It made difference. So, so, yeah, I think we should all remember that these standards are not linear standards. They're not meant to just go from A to B to C to D. <laughs> it, you, they all interact. So right. where you start is not as critical as making sure how well it works together. Okay, great. Now, um, on the uh, ASSP uh, website that we mentioned earlier for 45001, uh, there is a featured piece. I think it's probably the first screen, at least it is right now, on a five-step action process for 45001. It's very short. Not, it's not going to take too long to read. And so you might want to go take a look at that because, well, let's summarize these steps now. So first, start with an understanding of what an OHSMS is and getting familiar with 45001 and how it can benefit an organization. I have to tell you, in the travels I've had, and I've been doing management systems for now almost two decades, mm -hmm. but every time I travel, I get a different opinion about what a management system is. <laughs> and there's That's nothing that holds you up more than starting to go down this path of a management system when people are thinking about it does different things. Right. So you got to yeah. set that baseline, right? Mm -hmm. First thing is get that understanding in play. Uh, make sure everybody's on that same page. So step two, uh, examine what your current state is. What is your current system? Now, every organization actually has a management system for OHS because it's the way that they currently do things. Mm -hmm. They may not they may actually not call it a management system, absolutely. but right, that's what And they may not match up to 45,001 or Z10, but you have a current state. So mm -hmm. figure out what that currently is, um, and then then you can start to compare it with the elements of a, you know what's in a standard itself. Um, third is engage your stakeholders. So stakeholders, what? They're our workers, right? Mm -hmm. And right. our leaders, our managers, our suppliers, uh, our customers, our clients. Identify who those stakeholders are and uh, seek their input. See what they're looking for in a management system. Again, you know, it's about getting everybody in the organization involved so that you're addressing their risks, their concerns, not just what you think right. is the most risk. Mm -hmm. You know, so that way, it's kind of like your family, right? If you're going to take a vacation and, and you know, I, <laughs> you know, right, I want to go fishing, right? I want to go deep sea fishing. I can tell you, nobody else is going to go with right. me, right? So <laughs> I, I think, think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important. I got to ask, you know, my family, you know, what's involved in, okay, I can't go deep sea fishing, but I can go to, uh, you know, out, outdoor lake or something. Right, know, right, right. They can do the rest of this stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's really important. Engage, engage your stakeholders. 
Now, fourth, um, determine what your priorities are. We mentioned this a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. That yep. survey that we talked about earlier with the 11 success factors, and, and you know, they can people can just modify that, or you create your own, right? What do mm -hmm. you think a success factor is for a management system? Right. Right? Yeah. You, you got to know where you where you want to go to absolutely. know how you're going to get there. <laughs> right, because if you come out of the gate and you do something you already do, then people are going to look at you and say, well, what's different? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You want to show that you can actually improve health and safety performance and risk management. Mm -hmm. So take a look and see what those opportunities are and, uh, you know, what those success factors. And last, um, you know, establish and improve the OHSMS, whether or not it's based on 45,001. Uh, of course, I've got a biased perspective, right? It's been spending the last five years on this thing. I think it's great standards. Is it perfect? No. And this is one thing. There is no such thing as a perfect mm -hmm. OHSMS standard. Why? Because it's about continual improvement. Right. Right? So we never reach it. We always strive for mm -hmm. perfection, right? Yeah. So pick up uh, a copy of 45,000. You might want to say the you know, SSP ANSI Z10. Or it might be as something as simple as the OSHA Health and Safety Program Management Standard Guidelines. Right? That's out there. That's free. Pick up these things and see if they resonate with you. Well, thank you very much again, Vic, for joining me today. If you're interested in learning more about ISO 45001 or purchasing a copy, you can find a link directly below this podcast. We hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing how to use industry consensus standards to protect workers at height. We'll see you then.